Random Ultra on a podcast, long time no see. Um, yeah, um, I've just been having a wee bit of a break um, from uh, the podcasts uh, the past few weeks. I guess I was kind of prolific. I, you know, I, I wanted to kind of start this podcast and, and and get talking to to people out there and and just talking about the sport that we we love and find kind of fascinating. Um, and you know, smashed out six episodes very quickly. Um and yeah, I thought I'll take a wee break. Um, I've just been kind of um focusing on my own running, my own training, um, and it's been going really well. Um, I um, I'm really just kind of falling back in love with the sport. Um, you know, I've talked about it before in previous episodes where I think I kind of went through a bit of burnout. Um, by basically just running way too many ultra marathons between 2015 and 2019 um also it being kind of like not the main thing in my life but being something that i was kind of thinking about a lot every single day i started to find it a bit stressful um you know i was I always had a race to train for and i think i burned out a little bit so you know, having been away from the sport and kind of back into it now, I kind of feel that love coming back um, for the sport. And, and, you know, not just the 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 actual running of races and the training for it, but also kind of just following what else is going on in the sport. And this podcast, wanting to talk to other people about it again. You know, I think I had a couple of years of not really following ultramarathons um, in the past, you know, the past few years. And... It's probably what I needed to be honest, um. But yeah, I can really see and feel myself kind of falling back in love with ultras, and yeah, I think as this continues, and I hope it will, it's about for me then having that kind of balance where I'm not going to burn myself out too quick, that I'm not signing up for every race going, and also, yeah, just focusing on other things in life too a little bit more and not just I kind of like thinking and stressing oh I need to go out and run 20 miles tomorrow and I don't really feel like it and that sort of thing you know but anyway I guess I, I kind of um, started waffling a wee bit there but what I was trying to say was I'm really enjoying <laughs> being back and uh, being a runner again really um, and having races on the horizon and just following the sport again. It, it's really good. It's a nice, nice feeling and I'm feeling better about myself. I feel fitter. And like I say, the past kind of um, six, seven weeks, the tr- my training has been great. It's been consistent um, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, and yeah, I've got Glen Ogle coming up um, the first weekend in November. 
it's the fourth, I think. Fourth of November. Yeah, fourth. Um, so that would be good. Uh, that's thirty-three miles. Um, and I'm also looking at a wee smaller ultra in December as well, in the Livingston area called the Shale Trail fifty k. So I'm looking at that um, as well um, as a wee ultra to do, and I want to kind of just get used to, yeah, taking part in events again. You know, doing these smaller ones, you know, fairly often. You know, maybe every six weeks to like a couple of months, getting these smaller ultras and getting the getting that mileage in the legs because, you know, I think that experience does totally help. And I'll go on to talk about that a wee bit more later in the episode. Anyway, realise again, waffling, rambling here. This episode, what are we going to talk about today? I thought I would do something a wee bit different today. So, no guest on, on today, it's just me, sorry. Um, I thought I would talk about how to prepare for your first ultra. Um, you know, if if you're thinking about running your first ultra marathon or you're kinda a fairly inexperienced ultra runner, I maybe just wanted to share some of my knowledge and experience. And then when I was thinking about doing this episode I was kinda like, who are you to do that? But then actually when I thought about it, you know, and I had to really actually think about this. How many ultras and marathons have I have I ran together? And it's in the region of something like 42, 43 marathons and ultra marathons. So I'm quite an, an experienced ultra runner. Although, like I say, I was maybe a couple of years out. But I thought, yeah, it's not a bad idea. So you've signed up for your first ultra. You know, it might be 50k, 50 miles. You might have jumped into a 100k. You might have even jumped into a 100 mile. Um, you know, if you have fair play, <laughs> that's a, it's a scary, that's a scary thought. But you know, I'm assuming. I think from talking to other people in the past and kind of thinking about my journey, I think a lot of people probably do. You know, have done marathons and then they'll kind of go to a 50k or a 50 mile. Um, it's a first kind of foray into. Ultras. Mine was, you know, I'd done, I'd actually jumped into ultras pretty quick. I'd done two marathons and then I did a 43 mile ultra. But I thought that that was quite a nice, not too big a step um, from uh, the marathon distance. And to be fair, I think even up to 50 miles is probably okay. Um, that's not, not, not too big a jump, um, in my opinion. Uh, but like I say, um, you know, the, the art of the possible to go to a hundred k to a hundred mile is there. I, I just maybe wouldn't advise anybody to do it like that. <laughs> but there we go. I guess you know if you if you are kind of you've got your first ultra coming up, you know, I think the key thing straight away is to prepare, right? Um, prepare. It's just the most important thing, and when I say prepare, obviously training. You know, um, if you've done marathons before, you've got an idea of kind of what marathon training looks like. You know, thinking about kind of basic programs that are out there, kind of sixteen to twenty week kind of programs. You're going to be, and again, depending on kind of what level of runner you are. I mean, this is probably, I can only really speak for the people in the mid in the middle of the pack like myself 
Um, I guess if you're taking that step up to like 50k, 50 mile, you don't really need to go, and this is just my, just my opinion, and it's worked for me, you don't really need to go too much beyond what you're doing for marathon training, I would suggest, okay? I think, you know, what what's your peak kind of long run going to be in a marathon train, training plan? 20 miles, maybe some, some go to 22. Um, you know, I think if you're, let's say you're, you know, you've got a, a 50 mile, let's say you've got 16 weeks to prepare, you've done marathon training before, let's say you're kind of marathon fit, right? Um, you know, maybe for me, and I think looking back to what I did, I think I my longest run was a marathon. So I ran a marathon to prepare for my first ultra, and I treated it as a as a training run. I didn't go out and race it. I'd done it at an easy effort, and I just wanted to get that distance under my legs again. I mean, I that you know it hadn't it was still kind of new to me that distance, even going to twenty six miles. So twenty six point two. Um, so I did, I think that was my longest run in my first training block. Um, you know, so I think you're kind of looking for something similar around a marathon training plan. I think just the important thing when you're preparing for any race is just consistency. Um, you know, don't beat yourself up if you do miss, you know, a run here or there or any kind of any kind of session, right? It happens, you know. You know, like we're we're not elite. This isn't our job. You know, we do this for fun. We've all got lives and things that sometimes get in the way. So don't beat yourself up, but be consistent. You know, as you can. Um, be um, try and stick to that plan, and yeah, just knocking the sessions out week after week. Um, you know, in terms of what those runs look like. Again, if you're thinking back to your kind of marathon training, you'll probably have at least maybe one quality session in there, so speed work or something like that. Now, the advice I'm giving here I haven't always stuck to, so maybe sounding like a bit of a hypocrite, but I would say try and keep that kind of one kind of quality session in there a week, like, you know, speed work or a tempo run or something like that. Just kind of maintaining that kind of, uh, that, kind of that kind of run in your plan I think is a good idea I think for you know I went through a kind of long spell of maybe of not doing that speed work and just kind of doing the aerobic runs and my long runs and okay that, that I guess that's okay if you're just only focusing on ultras and but I think you just kind of lose a bit of that sharpness and and you know what as well it's just simply as well, just to have a different kind of run in your in your training plan, um, because yeah, the easy aerobic runs are are easy and um, I enjoy them sometimes, but they can get you know you can get a bit bored of them. You know, if if you've got a long training plan for an ultra and you're just going out doing easy effort all the time, you're maybe running you know some of the, your kind of favourite routes and stuff like that. They can get a bit boring. Sometimes you just want to open up and run fast. You know, um. And that's not always the best thing to do when you've, you're, you know, maybe like 80% of your run should be easy aerobic efforts. So you don't want it to be like, you know, having a run marked out for that and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just want to run fast. Um, so yeah, I would say keep one of those quality sessions in there, right? 
and then yeah about 80% of your runs a week should be easy kind of aerobic efforts and you need to, you need to have a long run in there as well I would say I'm not a big fan of back-to-back runs I don't I've, I've done them in the past um, for me I'm not a massive fan I just think one long run a week really helps I think I think better than a back and again this is just my opinion and lots of different things will work for different people but for me I think a lot so if we're thinking about a weekend I would do like a long run on a Saturday and then aim for like a strength session on a Sunday um, legs doing some legs um, a legs workout and again not don't absolutely trash your legs but and again if you're if you're new to it you know, kind of start slowly, you know, not doing kind of like, you know, kind of max efforts and just take it easy, just gradually build up. Um, there's lots of kind of plans and advice um, out there online on kind of leg strength work. Um, I've kind of just been doing the same thing for years and years and years, um, <laughs> which, you know, I guess can be good and it can be be bad, I don't know. Um but yeah, that that's kinda what worked for me, I think. Um, you know, thinking back to some of my best runs, my best performances in ultras, it it wasn't from a training block of back to back runs. It was from a Saturday long run and then a Sunday in the gym, uh, doing leg strength work. And then on that Monday, you know, either resting or doing a very easy, very, very easy run you know, um, because your legs will be tired on that Monday, um, and then, yeah, getting going again, and then the Tuesday, um, I would kind of then look at maybe doing like a quality session, like speed work, um, and that's kind of, that kind of, um, that kind of thing that I've described there is what I'm kind of looking at <coughs> for my next kind of big kind of training block um, towards um, the Chester 100 that I'm doing in April, and Fingers crossed the Grand Union Canal if I get in through the lottery. Um, so I'll find out on the 3rd of November um, if I've got in to that. So fingers crossed. But yeah, right, so preparation, right? The actual training. And then, you know, if you can train on something that's similar to the race that you're doing, if it's a trail, ultra, try and run as many trails as you can. It's not always possible, but, you know, Jump in your car, you know, it's, if it's for a long a long run, it's worth it, I guess. Jump in the car and go and head to, you know, a park or, you know, depending on where you live. Try and make it work and try and make it specific. You know, if it's a hilly ultra, you know, get used to hiking up hills. Um, you know, it all sounds really simple, but um, and it is. Um, so I, I would say do that. Um, your gear, you know, prepare, you know, what are you going to wear? Um, make sure you train in what you're going to wear on race day, what you're thinking. Um, you know, again, it's totally up to the individual. You know, I see a lot of people out there wearing kind of the kind of fancy Salomon kind of like compression gear and stuff like that. That works for people. For me, I like to wear quite baggy clothes in an ultra. I like to feel, I just like to feel kind of loose. I don't like to feel like that compression um i only kind of like that um on my legs um so my, my calves so i'll kind of wear long socks most of the time in ultras 
but I compression tops and shorts and stuff, not for me. Um, for the guys out there and for the girls, I guess. But although I don't really know, but um, I'd say invest in some good kind of running underwear as well if you are a baggy shorts person because chafing that will that will um that will hurt. Uh, get that running underwear. I've got um underwear, my the brand that I use is, um, and that's really good. Um, so yeah, make sure you test out your gear. Really important. Um, you know depending on the length of the race, you know, like a wee race belt might be enough if it's a 50k or, you know, something under 50 miles, a wee race belt might, you know, be enough for you to keep, you know, sweets, gels in, whatever, you know, salt tablets. Um, and, you know, you might want to carry a handheld bottle, you know, it's up to you. I've got one of the kind of Salomon race vests that I'll use for, well, every race, to be honest with you, even, you know, for Glen Ogle, that's 30 three miles, I'll be wearing that race vest, you know, that's got the pockets at the front for my bottles, although I'll probably only have one bottle filled um, for that race, um, because the aid stations are pretty short, well, the distance between aren't, aren't long, so I'll be able to just keep one bottle on the go, and that'll be enough for me, but yeah, um, think about your gear, you know, on water, nutrition, um practice on your long runs practice what you're going to eat as much as you can during the ultra now you might get a stations and there'll be things there that you've that you haven't tried before in your training runs and you might just go oh, i fancy yeah there's a marmite sandwich right i fancy that i'm gonna eat it fine that's fine you know what i mean as long as you don't eat something that you know is going to have a negative effect on you um that's fine but i would say You'll have an idea of what you like and what you think is going to work for you. So take it with you on your long runs um, and, and get used to doing that. And also with that, on your runs and, um, well, yeah, I'll talk about maybe um, the nutrition on actual race day. But in terms of preparation, try and eat what you think is going to work for you and, and get it out on your long runs. Um, and yeah um, see how that goes and then I guess the other thing to think about in terms of preparation is your you know the mindset and the kind of psychology of it right so I I can admit that there's been one ultra that I've turned up to before where I did very little preparation I turned up to the ultra on minimal training um, I hadn't really, um, you know, I'd, I'd done very few long runs. I guess I was, I, I had a kind of good level of base fitness, but I turned up to a hundred k, and a uh, hundred k race, and um, maybe in like the four months prior, I'd done two long runs, right? So that is not good. So when I turned up to the start line of that race, my mind was not in the right place. I stood there thinking. I don't deserve to be here. <laughs> um, I've turned up to this race, which is quite a difficult race. It's a long way, 62 miles, 100 kilometres. And I have done two long runs. My running has been sporadic. I've not been to the gym. Um, you know, straight away, you're at a disadvantage. You're standing on the start line thinking, this is either going to be really hard or I'm not going to finish. I've not done enough 
to get around this course. And that is not where you want to be, right? So all those other things that I've talked about in terms of preparation, it's all going to build up to having the best possible mindset and psychology on the start line. You're going to stand on the start line and you're going to think to yourself, I've done everything that I possibly could to make sure I'm giving myself the best possible chance of finishing this, finishing this race. I've trained, I've done my runs, I've done the strength work. Um, I've looked after myself, I've recovered when I've had to, you know, I've stretched, you know, <laughs> um, after, you know, every run, or even, you know, at the very least, the, the, the big runs, the hard runs, um, you know, I've practised my nutrition, I've turned up in what I think is the right gear for me on the day, you know, it's a hilly ultra, I've trained on hills, I've done everything that I can, this is, you know, this is the fun bit now. Um, so I get getting to the start line with the right mindset is is I think is a is really important right now you're obviously going to be nervous right you're you're taking you've run marathons before but let's say this is fifty miles right you don't know what it's like let's you know when your Garmin ticks over and it says thirty miles right um just thinking back to how I felt it's so weird you know it. it I remember feeling like this is really cool. I'm, I've, you know, I'm on my thirtieth mile of running. That's really cool. But um, yeah, you need to. You know, you're going to be nervous, right? That that part of your mindset's always going to be there, right? But I guess it'd be something wrong if you weren't nervous. It shows that you, you care. It shows that um, I don't know. Your your brain's actually functioning. You should be nervous. You know, um, <laughs> but no, I, th- those things are expected. But I think avoiding as as much as possible negative thoughts and negative mindsets, um, you know, leading up to the race, is is really important. It's really important. You might have heard people say that you know it's ultras are, you know, something percent mental, something percent physical, and the numbers vary. Right, it but it's true, right? You know there is a there, there is a huge kind of mental side to ultras, especially as you, as the distance increases. You know when you start going up to a hundred k and a hundred miles. You know what? But anyway, you know even up fifty k and fifty miles, it's the same, right? You need to have a good kind of mindset. Um, so I mean, let's let's think now. It is race day, right? So I would say, my first bit of advice is following on from that previous point is relax right you've got there you've done the work right you've done everything that you possibly could this is the fun bit now right well you know some bits of it might not be fun um <laughs> going to a bit more depth on that later but i would say for me when i've had consistent training blocks and it's gone well i'm just ha- i'm happy that i've made it there and i'm i feel I do kind of feel relaxed in a way because I'll think to myself, I've had, you know, 16, 20 weeks of really good training and this is the fun bit now. It's all been leading up to this and here we are. So you're on, you know, you're on race day and you've probably thought about this a little bit before, but I, I, I guess it's good to kind of have a bit of a strategy 
even if it's a bit of a loose one, right? Um, so, for example, um, my last ultra was back in May. It was the Grand Union Canal race, 145 miles, right? So, the strategy I had, again, just think, you know, if you think about the distance of it, was to, you know, kind of take it easy, you know, early on. Um, so, you know, I think my strategy, first for the first hour, I was going to run 25 minutes, walk five. So I did that twice for the first hour. I had an idea of pace in my mind as well. And I think, again, because of the distance, I was keeping it very slow. And that idea of pace for me was like in between 10, 30 and 11 minute miles. So, super, you know, easy, easy for me. But also, you know, yeah, I had that kind of um, idea of pace in my mind. But I also was kind of thinking to myself, right, well, just run on feel a little bit as well. It should, you know, that for me should feel pretty easy. I can talk no problem during it and that sort of thing, right? So, so strategy, I mean, after that first hour, then I went on to 15 minutes of running and five. So I had three walk breaks in the hour. And again, this was kind of loose because I basically then said to myself, when I go to 15 and five, I'm going to just hold that for as long as I can um, without the 15 minutes of running feeling too hard. So, you know, and it eventually happened around kind of 27, 28 miles where I could, well, I could have sustained the 15 minute miles, um, 15 minute, um, 15 minutes of running, but it was kind of getting to like maybe 10 minutes of running and it, and then that, that feeling of it, you know, being easy wasn't easy anymore, you know, it was, I was having to work a wee bit more. So then I started to break it down even further and I had another kind of loose strategy where, so thinking on later on the race, like 55 to 60 miles or something like that, I was doing this thing where, I mean, I was I was pretty tired at that point. Um, I think I was doing a thing where each new mile that ticked over, I was running for the first three minutes of, of the mile and then I would like walk for five and then run like another two minutes and it was something really convoluted sounding like that, right? But it worked, you know, and I guess, so strategies, something to think about um, and, and that applies to, you know, not just kind of pacing strategies, but also, you know, your nutrition as well. You know, you might want to be, so like for me, and again, I've not always stuck to this and I maybe think to myself I sound a bit hypocritical but I do try to do this of trying to get 200 calories in an hour um so you know and again you know if you've got a kind of walking natural walking breaks maybe trying you know so let's say you've got a, a chocolate bar that's 200 calories eat half of that you know um in the half hour and then eat the, the other half you know when it gets to the hour um, so I would say kind of like 200 calories an hour, you know, um, um, but I'll talk a wee bit more about nutrition in a wee minute. Um, so strategy, you know, think about how you're going to approach the race, you know, how you're going to, how you're going to run it, you know, look at the kind of, um, the profile of the race as well, you know, if it's a hilly ultra, you know, kind of pacing strategies might not work because you're going to be doing some hiking. You know, you might say to yourself, okay, well, I'm going to hike all the significant uphills, but I'm going to try and run 
all the flats until that feels really hard. I'm going to run all, and then I'm going to run all the downhills as much as I can until my quads blow out or something like that, right? Um, so yeah, look at the profile of the race. You know, there might be points in the race where you need to adopt certain, you know, different strategies. So yeah, kind of prepare in that way where you're looking at the profile of the course and think about how you're going to approach different stages of the race. I'd say is probably a good thing to do. You can only control the controllables on race day, right? You know, it might be a hot day. Um, it might be pissing down, you know. Um, bits of the trail you're, that, that you're on might be flooded. You're going to get wet feet. You're going to be covered in mud. Um, that might slow you down because it's muddy and, and the heat might the heat might slow you down. Your, your strategy might go out the window because it's hot and you maybe need to adjust your strategy. Don't let it bother you, right? Now, I know it's easier said than done, and I've definitely been bothered by the fact that it's 32 degrees <laughs> and I'm on a 100-mile ultramarathon, right? Um, especially when you're as ginger and Scottish as I am, right? But you can't do anything about it, right? You know, you've heard people say adapt and overcome, and I think it's all a bit, a bit cheesy and all that, but you do... You do, you kind of just need to get on with it, adjust your plan accordingly, and yeah, control the controllables, right? That's it. Don't don't get pissed off because it's it's hot, right? You know, it might happen, right? Because it is annoying, right, when you just get something adverse that affects your race that you can't control, but you just got to keep going, you know, Um don't dwell on it, you know. So I would say control the controllables. That's one thing to remember. Um, kind of touched on it a wee bit, but, you know, I've made some little notes here, right? I've just put eat with an exclamation mark and drink with an exclamation mark. <laughs> Make sure you're looking after yourself during the race, right? I would say, like I've said, 200 calories an hour, you know, that that's kind of what works for me. Um, I've heard people talk about 200 calories an hour, I've heard people talk about less calories and more calories and again this is probably where you know talking about the preparation and um, your longer runs um, might help I, I guess with that as well is to say eat early and eat often right so every half hour try and get you know some calories in um, but yeah eat early right don't wait until you feel hungry don't wait until you bonk, you know, um, you know, because yeah, you will recover if you eat when you start to feel hungry, but you're just going to have a longer period of time not feeling great. So eat early and eat often, I think would be a, a key thing. And of course, make sure you're drinking fluids. With that, you know, kind of think about your salt intake as well. If you're eating foods that are kind of high in salt, you know, that, that that's great, good, you know, if you're eating salty crisps or, you know, salty nuts or whatever, cool, right, that that's good. But also for me, I'm a, I'm a really heavy sweater, right, um, even at kind of easy, easy pace runs, I, I just sweat loads, right, it's just me. Um, so I take salt tablets as well, um, so my last ultra, the Grand Union, it was quite a hot day, um, I was taking kind of salt capsule um, every hour as well 
um, along with what was taken and that just helps obviously keep that you know as much as possible keep that balance of, of salt in your system there um, because yeah obviously when you sweat you're, you're losing that and it's um, it's very important I don't really know the I'm not going to go in and pretend that I know the biology the, the biology of of um, salt levels and and why it's important <laughs> I just know it is right <laughs> so make sure you look after your salt levels as well right you know and of course depending on what the weather's like you might be drinking more so you might want to think a bit more about um, increasing your salt levels and making sure you're having that um, obviously then you know and again it's a balance you know if you do plan on taking salt capsules obviously read some advice about how to take them um, how much is too much you know um, don't go over anything that's um, advised to take obvious, for obvious reasons okay um, so yeah eat and drink right I would say key things to remember eat early eat often and there's another wee saying as well uh, low mood eat food right you're going to feel crap you're going to feel crap you're, there's no getting away with it um, especially the longer distance you go right even for 50k you're going to feel crap you're going to feel crap at some points you're going to have low low points see when you get those low points go to your go-to comfort food you know or even just get the packet of sweets that's in your pack or whatever the packet of nuts and eat right and a lot of the times you're going to find yourself having really having to force yourself to eat right because you're going to feel like shit your stomach's going to feel weird you might have thrown up um it might be a hot day and your appetite's gone your appetite might have just gone anyway because you're 50 odd miles into a 100k race and or a 100 mile race and you just feel like shit but you need to kind of as much as you can force that food down you the amount of times honestly where i've just felt like shit and then i've had some food and you know i've forced it down me honestly within 15 20 minutes i feel so much better um, and more often than not that's been the case yeah it's been some times where it's not helped and it's been something else but i'd say yeah um yeah low mood eat food eat early eat often key things um i think around nutrition um cruise um i would say go to episode two if you want to know more about cruise right but if you're going to have a crew right um i'd say if you can prior to the race have a chat with them about kind of what what you you know what you're looking for at aid stations what you want them to do um you know, in terms of, right, okay, I'm going to come in, it might, you know, you, you go as low level as you think, right, it depends, again, how much of a stickler you are for detail, right, you know, you might be like, right, as soon as I come in, I'm going to, I'm going to throw both my bottles at you, I want both of them filled, I'm going to have one of them filled with water, I'm going to have the other one filled with tailwind or something like that, you know, these are the markings to denote what's water and what's tailwind, you could go really low level, right, but, I guess the point I'm trying to make is make sure you kind of brief your crews on what you expect from them, okay? Um, and, yeah, you know, if they're kind of relatively new to crewing as well, maybe spend a wee bit more time speaking to them about, again, what, what to expect, you know, what, what 
it's hard for crews too. It's really tiring, you know. I've gone out and crewed um, pals before, and it's a it's a long day, you know. They've got a hard job as well. So talk to your crews, tell them what you want from them and what they should expect as well, and tell them to look after themselves as well. By the way, really important <laughs> because crews forget that sometimes too that you know they need to look after themselves as well. Not only your crews obviously need to look after yourself, you just need to have it in your head of looking after yourself too, right, during the race. And what do I mean by that? Again, we've kind of touched on a lot of the of 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 those things, eating and drinking. Um, but also, there's loads of other things, right? <laughs> now, the deeper you go into a race, if you imagine the kind of like a, a kind of like a bell curve graph, right? You know, let's say from zero miles to a hundred miles, and you imagine this kind of big, kind of steep bell curve as you increase in distance, and and that is the amount of things that can go wrong. Okay, the deeper you go into a race, there's so many things that can affect you, right? So in terms of looking after yourself, right, eating and drinking for sure. But right, other things. If it's sunny, put sun cream on. If you're fair skinned, please. Put some block on, right? Heat exhaustion will end your race. Sunburn can end your race too because, you know, if you get a bit of sunburn, again, I don't know a lot about the kind of biology and science behind this, but it, it drains you. It drains you. The physical pain of sunburn as well can have a bad kind of mental effect on you because you're, you know, you're, you're going along and you're just like, right, not only are my legs absolutely killing me because I'm... 70 miles into this race or whatever but I can feel the sunburn as well and it just gets you down right? and it has a negative effect on you generally as well in terms of actual physical effects so like things like that sun cream um, make sure you lube up right? Um, lube up areas that you know are going to rub right? and keep doing that throughout the race you know again um, long runs might give you an indicator of, of maybe when you need to do that. I think for me, I, I kind of, again, kind of have a loose kind of thing in my head of like every 20 miles of um, putting uh, Vaseline on areas that I know rub. Um, so yeah, make sure you, you lube up, right? Because honestly, chafing can, I've seen chafing end people's races because they just can't deal with it anymore. So that is another thing to remember when looking after yourself. Um, what else? Your feet. Your feet. Right, obviously your feet are really important. Um, you know, the longer you go, the the worse nick your feet are going to be in. Um, you might be somebody that's kind of, you've done marathons, you've done a 50k, and you've never really had issues with your blisters. Believe me, as time, as the distance goes on, you know, you might start to get them, right? So, you know, if you if you start to feel any hot spots, right, and you can start, you can you know, you think, right, I can feel a blister coming. Right, you know, it might be, you know, a few miles to the aid station, that's fine. I'm not saying, you know, stop immediately and, and address them, right? You know, you need to just be sensible about it though, right? I mean, if you can feel a hot spot and you've got like, three miles to go to the next aid station and you ignore it and then let's say you've got another 10 miles I don't know everyone's different so for me 
you know, if I felt quite a kind of a hot, hot spot and I had three miles to my next aid station, I would stop and address it there. Um, so that meant, you know, there might not be a blister there at that point. It might just be that, okay, there's there's some friction going on in this area of my foot. I'm going to put some um, Vaseline on it to maybe help with that. Um, or I'm going to put some Compede on as a preventative um, already. So what I do is, because um, my feet suffer, um, so if I'm doing anything over 50 miles, I will basically Compede my feet up. So I'll put the blister plasters on the areas of my feet that I know are going to blister. Um, and I'll start in the blister plasters just because I know I'm going to get blisters there. And that, that helps me. Um, you know, with that as well, coming back to your gear, make sure you're wearing decent socks. Um, there's some good good brands out there. Um, Drymax, I think particularly good. Um, Hilly as well. I've got some Hilly socks and they've always kind of worked well for me again. But again, this will all be in your kind of preparation. Make sure you're training in these socks. Um, again, I'm no one that kind of talks about you know, going for like expensive gear and stuff like that. But yeah, this is probably one area where I'd go, I maybe spend a wee bit money, a uh, wee bit more money on your socks, uh, and your shoes. I would say are the, the two areas, socks and shoes. Um. So yeah, um, feet definitely look after yourself there, as well. So yeah, kind of overarching point, general point here, just look after yourself. Right, you know, if you're depending on the race as well, so I mean, I guess taking my last race as an example, it was run alongside a canal, right? Now, the further you go into a race, you know, the more tired you're going to feel, your head might start to go. Um, in terms of just um, being alert and stuff like that, okay? Um, be as alert, be as alert as you can be, right? <laughs> Don't put yourself in any danger, any daft danger, you know. So if you're running alongside the edge of the canal, make sure you're on the other side, you know, you're off the towpath, you're not running right next to the edge of the canal. Basic stuff like that. If you're doing a, a hilly ultra or a mountain ultra and you're on a ridge line, <laughs> you know, pay particular attention to where your feet are going. Just, again, it sounds very basic, but um, you'll be amazed at you know how um how often you'll do really stupid things <laughs> because you're so tired. Um, so yeah, look after yourself, right? I guess is a overarching point. Uh, my next point, I've just got it written down here. Dig in, right? As I've said, you're gonna feel shit physically. You're gonna feel awful. At certain points, everything's gonna hurt. Everything, you know. Even your upper body is gonna hurt. You might be carrying a pack. Your your back might get sore. Your shoulders might get sore from your pack. You you you're gonna stiffen up. Your neck will get all stiff, and then your legs obviously are gonna be hurting. Your feet are gonna be sore. Um, just from constantly hitting the ground, you know. Um, dig in. Right, you just keep going. If if you can move forward, keep going, keep moving forward. And again, 
at the risk of sounding hypocritical here, I mean, yeah, I'd say more often than not, I have dug in, right? But yeah, I, I have DNF'd races, you know, I have DNF'd one race because my head just went. I probably I probably could have gone forward um, and kept going. But no, my head went and I went, no, that's me. And I regret that. <laughs> still think about that race a lot. So yeah, I would say don't, just don't be in that position where, you know, you've, the next day you're like, I could have kept going. I could have kept going. I just had this weak moment and, and I kind of, and I kind of impulse, I took my number off and I said, I, you know, I said to the guys at the aid station, I quit. I wish I hadn't done that. I had an amazing training block and uh, my head went, you know, try not to put yourself in that position, right? Like I say, it happens, right? It does happen. It happened to, it's happened to me. I hold my hands up. Um, it, but if it does, right, don't feel like you're failed in some way. You know, you've probably already covered an amazing distance. You've probably already had an amazing training block. It happens and you move on and you learn from it, right? And for me, this particular race that I'm thinking about, where my head went, is basically something that kind of fuels me for you know, races that I'm in and future races, you know, I, I don't want to be in that position again. Um, so I guess it's kind of like using that disappointment in the right way, um, you know, if your head does go. But again, probably coming back to the point, just dig in, keep going. There's, there's loads of kind of mantras out there and stuff like that that people use during races to keep themselves moving forward, you know, do what works for you. Again, this again, this probably come back to talking to your crews, you know, tell them that you're going to have really low moments and you might want to kind of tell them about what to do in those low moments, what it is you need. Are you the type of person that needs an arm around their shoulder or do you want some tough love? You know, do do you want home truths? You know, do uh, or yeah, like I say, do you want? Are you a person that kind of just needs that arm around your um, your shoulder and a bit more gentle encouragement? Um, you know, how many times should your crew push back when you say I'm done? Because how does your crew know that you're physically exhausted? you know, that you can't take another step, really, because you might be saying that, and I've said it before as well, where I'm just like, I'm done. But having a good crew, as as I've been lucky enough to have in all my races, they've got me back out of that aid station, and I've finished the race, you know. So, you know, it's things like that, um, when I'm talking about digging in here, right, to help you dig in, speak to your crews, and tell them, look, see around this kind of point, you know, this point in a 100 mile race or a 50 mile race, I usually feel, I have some weak moments, right, Um, I feel like I want to quit, you know, tell them, prepare them as much as you can um, for that, and yeah, like I say, you know, (laughs) I guess saying, okay, if I say I want to quit five times or something like that, that means I really want to quit. Uh, that's probably not the best way of doing it, but <sighs> tell them not to take, you know, that as a first kind of thing, you know, a first kind of 
like as soon as you say I'm done, they'll go right, okay, give your number, I'll I'll give it to the 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 you know the guys at the aid station, you know, tell them to push back, you know, um, and I guess as you go along as well, and you maybe have a regular crew, that's when your your crew know you know when you're done or when you're not done. Um, and I guess that that's that's a good thing about having an experienced crew that's been out with you before. Um, but yeah, for the newbie crews, aye, it's yeah, it's a tough one. You kind of just need to aye have that bit of intuition. Uh, if you know the per- if you don't know the person, it's really hard. But I would just say aye, push them as much as you can. Um, yeah, within reason, I guess. Um, other things, I guess, during race day advice. Um, break the race down. You know, go checkpoint, checkpoint. That that's that for me. I think is is the best way to think about it. Um, and again, this is easier said than done. Again, try try not to think about the end of the race too much. Um, just break it down into checkpoints. You know. Um, and have a wee bit of a kind of mini celebration when you get to each checkpoint, right? That, that, that's kind of what, for me, I, I, yeah, I break it down and when I get to the a checkpoint, I'm like, cool, there we go. That is a milestone off. The next bit is checkpoint one to checkpoint two. There's 12 miles behind uh, between these checkpoints. I'm going to get, I'm going to get done what I need to get done here at checkpoint one and I'm going to crack on. And I'm thinking about that next mile point. I'm thinking about that next milestone here in the race. Now, I'm not going to say that I don't think about the end of the race sometimes. Of course I do. We're human beings and it's only natural to think about the end of the race, especially as the race goes on as well. And let's say you're between checkpoint six and checkpoint seven of a really a long race, right? You're tired and those kind of you know, when you're str- when you're strong mentally early on, it's maybe not the case <laughs> later on, right? Because yeah, it's just it's hard to do. It's hard to describe. It, it, the longer you go, you obviously physically tire. You mentally tire too. So these kind of things that you tell yourself in your head don't um, just aren't strong later on in the race. You know, other thoughts slip in. Um, but yeah, I think it's doing your best to kind of push them away. Um, I mean, you know, you can think about the goal. You can think about the end of the race. Again, this is probably just my what I do in my opinion. But um, it just helps me to break it down, especially if it's a really long race. Um, so yeah, I try not to think about the end of the race too much until basically I get to the last checkpoint. And that's when I think about finishing the race um, so yeah break it down into small chunks I would say is, is probably a good way good way of kind of um, mentally dealing with the distance I mean like so I mean for me again back at the Grand Union there in May um, so it's 145 miles and um, I was going along my watch bleeped and it said 45 miles and then the first thought that came to my head straight was, I've still got 100 miles left to run. And it made me feel, well, I think the first thing I did was kind of laugh to myself a wee bit. 
you know, because 45 miles in to a race, you're, you're tired already. You're, you're definitely tired. And it was a really hot day that day as well, which didn't help. So I was, I was pretty tired and I was like, it's 100 miles more. You know, it's, um, you kind of start doing this kind of basic arithmetic in your head around numbers and stuff like that. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's a natural thing for us to do. Um, so yeah, you know, for me, sometimes it, you know, th- those kind of thoughts creep in. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, break the race down as much as you can, I would think. Um, and I think that kind of goes back to the the point around digging in and you know physically and mentally uh, so mentally here it, it just helps you dig in um more you know if you can if you can say it yourself right i've only got so my example there okay you know it came up and i was like 100 miles but yeah i've only got you know eight miles until i see my crew again so think about those eight miles and then reset once you get past, you know, once you get to that um, crew stop, just reset again, you know. Um, I think that really helps. Um, no, I mean, there's probably a lot of things I've not really covered here, um, but um, okay, I could I could talk about this for so much longer than uh, than I intend to. Um, but yeah, I think first of all, those are the things that I would say about race day. Um, yeah, just relax as much as you can when you get there. Um, follow your strategy as much as you can. Control the controllables, you know. Eat and drink and look after yourself. Your crew, prepare your crew um, for what's to come. Dig in, dig in and just head down, get it done, you know. <laughs> so post ultra, you know my advice around post ultra because uh, post race uh, because it's quite important I think and I especially think if I think about the couple of years where I didn't really do anything because I think I basically burned myself out Um, after the race reward yourself right now whether that be you know beers you know having a week where you kind of just eat what you want or whatever you know whatever how whatever you see as a reward for yourself do it right if it means that you're just gonna sit about doing nothing whatever for like a week do it reward yourself right it's going to be really natural as well let's do it after the race that you're going to think loads about the race right and it's such a high point and a lot of people talk about like kind of post-race blues I get that quite a lot after big ultras, especially after like a big training block when you've been preparing for so long. Um, and it kind of it doesn't take over your life. It shouldn't, but it's a big part of your life. And you've been training for months, and then you get to this race day, and it's really exciting, and you have this really good experience, right? And you and you come away with a a medal or a buckle. Um. So those days after, you're going to be thinking back to the race and you're going to kind of remember the high. Um, and But you're kind of going to be like, what now, you know? Um, and you're kind of going to yearn a little... Now, this is me. You might not do this, but I, I think this is quite common. 
you're kind of going to yearn for that feeling again because honestly, you see the high when you finish an ultra marathon. It's it's high. It's a big high. Um, the sense of achievement and relief is high, amazing, something high. It's hard to describe. Um, and hard to compare it to other things as well. Um, for me anyway. Um. So yeah, I would say. Yeah, reward yourself, right, and recover, right. Don't don't um. Don't go straight back out there. You know, I'd say active recovery is very important. I think after races, right, it's probably not the best idea to just maybe sit around for a week. You know, I think you can recover quickly if you. You go out for a walk and stuff like that, you know, a couple of days after the race and then you kind of build, you know, start slowly again. Maybe a few days after or a week after the race, you might go for a little jog, depending on the length of the the ultra as well. If it's a 50k, your recovery will look different um, in terms of a 100 mile race. I mean, I think for me, the last 100 mile race that I did, um, so I finished on the Sunday morning. Um, What did I do? I went for a walk. I didn't walk at all on the Monday because my feet were done in. <laughs> so, but I went for a walk on the Tuesday and the Wednesday, and I actually went for a wee jog on the Thursday. Um, but that was so that at that time I was probably a lot, a lot fit and stronger than what I was now. Actually, thinking about it, um, although I want to get, I will get back there. Um, so that worked for me at the time where I was able to go for a wee jog, you know, what's that, four days after the race. So that worked for me. But yeah, I'd say make sure you recover. Don't do it in silly um, in terms of trying to do much, too much straight after as well. It's um, it's physically, it's a big, it takes a big physical toll on your body um, for an ultra marathon. So make sure you recover. Um, but again, not just kind of physically recover, but mental, mentally recover too. And kind of like, I'm not saying compartmentalise the, that winning feeling, but, you know, I don't know. I try not to dwell on it too much because I feel like I then kind of go quite low. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, it's a hard one. Just make sure you recover, I would say, after the race, right? Your kind of first thoughts, for me as well, after, you'll be kind of thinking, right, what's next? You know, what's the next ultra? You know, what's the next one? Um, and you might find yourself, unless you don't, unless you, you know, you might have a race already lined up, you know, hopefully not too soon after. But if you don't, I think a lot of us will be straight on to some kind of, you know, ultra rounds, ultra marathon search kind of website or whatever to see what you could do next, right? That's fair enough, right? But, and that's something that I used to do quite a lot. Well, I think actually for me, most of the time I already had something lined up. Um, That's fine. But again, use myself as an example here, and I'm not saying everybody else would do this, right? Maybe this is maybe something that's just unique to me. I don't know. But I think after a few years of just being you know, really consistent with ultramarathons and doing lots of running. Um, always having a race kind of, again, lined up maybe two months after wasn't necessarily the best thing. I don't know. It's a hard one and it's a hard thing to measure. I guess it's just all down to, down to you, 
um, just you know check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. You know don't don't burn yourself out. Um, you don't have to sign up for an ultra marathon straight after one. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. Just look after yourself. I would say after the ultras. Um, yeah, recover physically and mentally. And when you're thinking about what's next, you know, think about whether you're ready. Um, yeah, think about whether you're ready to to go through the rigors of training because like the training's the the most important part. You know, race days the race days the fun bit. Um, you know, are you ready to put yourself through another three, four months of a of a training block? Um, you know, um, if you are, brilliant. But um, yeah, I'd say I just kind of check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. Um, so I, I'm kind of going to stop there. That's about a, an hour of me rambling. Um, that feels so much quicker than that. <laughs> I'd like to come back uh, and talk about uh, talk about this again, actually, because there's so much more detail. I could go into. I've kept this quite high level, um, but I would. I'm looking at some of the things that I've wrote down here in terms of kind of guiding notes. There are definitely bits that I would really love to drill down on. Um, so I might do that um, in uh, in in the future. Drill down on some of these key points. But yeah, if you are, you know, taking on your first ultra soon, if you're still fairly new to ultras, I hope this has kind of helped a, a wee bit maybe. Um, y- you know, even if it's just kind of confirming some of the things that you, you think or if it's totally new to you, then cool. Or if it's just, you know, aye, just to um, hear, you know, a, an ultra runner talk about some of their experiences and stuff like that, cool. Um, yeah, I hope it's helped. Um, so I what's next? Um, yeah, next episode will centre around the Glen Ogle Ultra. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something kind of similar to what I did um, on episode 4 when um, we kind of looked at um, Amy's race at Devil of the Highlands. Although I'm going to be the subject of this one because I'm running it. So I'm, I'm planning to go around, you know, go, well, I'm planning to get around the race, yeah, for sure. But um, as I'm going around, I'm kind of going to describe my race uh, to you and I hopefully get the chance to speak to some other runners and other people in the um, who I've kind of been connecting with um, on Instagram as well because a, a few a few of you are running Glen Ogle too, so I'd love to get the chance to... to um, speak to some of those people too um, and um, Sam as well my my crew my crew chief is coming up with me so um, yeah you might hear for her too in that episode so that's the plan for the next one and then yeah I'm going to you know reach out to um, some other ultra runners out there as well and get other ultra ru- uh, runners on and have a chat to them like we've done in previous episodes um, so yeah that's the plan going forward. So, uh, hi everybody. Thanks very much for listening. Um, sorry it's been such a such a long time in getting an episode out. But like I say, I am loving my running right now. Um, I'm loving my training, and um, I'm really looking forward to Glen Ogle now. Um, yeah, want to kind of get to a race day and uh, 
yeah, kind of feel the the high from the race day, and um, I just get out there and and run. So I, uh, I'll catch you all next time. Take care. Bye.